don't care who you are, how much you've achieved, you have failed once in your life. All these people have failed. So what makes them different from me? What makes them different from you? Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. I hope that Radically Loved Radio leaves you feeling inspired to create something powerful. My teacher, Yoga Rupa Raj Stryker, says, if you powerfully believe in the value you have to offer the world, your love and passion for it will be an unstoppable force. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic, the coffee that gets you fired up. Aside from supporting energy, stamina, and athletic performance, cordyceps have been studied for their strong antioxidant properties. I have been so obsessed with this coffee for the last year. I've been drinking it and I've been traveling with it. And in case coffee doesn't pump you up enough, how about coffee paired with one of the most energy supporting mushrooms on the planet, cordyceps. So coffee is so energizing because it stimulates the central nervous system and the adrenal glands. But combining this with a more balanced cellular energy to support uh, our immune system and our health function, This mushroom can result in a balanced stimulation while using only half of the amount of caffeine normally found in a coffee, which is awesome. (laughs) They also have an incredible matcha mix that is my absolutely new favorite, and they want to give our listeners a gift. So for those of you who are curious and want to try the mushroom coffee that doesn't taste like mushrooms, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash radically loved. So that's foursigmatic.com forward slash R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D for 15% off of all of their products. Thanks for listening. Okay, I'm really excited. I know I always say that, but I am for real excited (laughs) to have Lisa on today. So for the people that are listening to this particular episode, which is already one of my favorites, just because you're amazing, uh, tell tell everyone listening uh, who you are and just a little bit about yourself. 
Yeah, so thank you so much. I'm so happy to be on. Um, my name is Lisa Billiou and I'm a co-founder of Quest Nutrition. So anyone that may have eaten a Quest bar, um, that is, um, I, I was part of building that company. And then um, after that, basically Quest Nutrition had really um, nailed it with the product and with taking care of the body. And very quickly, um, my husband and I realized that it's not just about the body, it's about the mind. And if you don't take care of the mind, then no one's, then it doesn't actually lead to taking care of the body. So um, we took what we had built inside of the company, which was a studio, and we spun that off into its own entity, which we now call Impact Theory. And we basically create content that really does impact people. We bring on people who are just incredibly influential, who have also struggled themselves from athletes to neuroscientists to, um, you know, just uh, regular, I guess, regular famous people, I was going to say. But is is it such a thing? (laughs) I don't Um, know. (laughs) Just successful people who have really accomplished something to talk about the struggles that they've gone through. Because I think it's very easy to look at these successful people and say, well, it's okay for them. Or, you know, I wish I was like them. But the truth is they're like everybody else. They struggle. They have issues. And so bringing these people on and really using their stories as empowerment um, has just really made a difference to people who are struggling with the mind first yes um and then on the side i also started a podcast called the sheroic podcast which focuses mostly on female empowerment mm-hmm. um i'm a little hesitant when i say female empowerment because it's not just for females um i think female empowerment is um all inclusive with how do you empower yourself to be in a relationship with them you know with um, a guy or how do you empower yourself in business to be around other men and also empower them I don't think it's about bringing men down it's about rising uh, raising women so yeah I I mean that was a yeah very um, no I'm like I totally I because I want to I don't want to like jump all over you but I'm like yes all everything that you're saying I think is so important especially you know the the current state that we're in because I don't think it should be there should be too much of a divide I think that it's important for for men to be included in these conversations because how else are they going to learn how to continue to empower us and we're going to continue to empower them unless we're all on the same page um which, God, I love which... that where you said empower them. You're so right. Sorry. I love that. <laughs> no, it's good. No, but I think, don't you think it's so true? You know, especially with everything going on right now, uh, I am such a huge fan of people being able to speak up and speak their truth with, you know, the, the Me Too movement and, you know, all of these things happening. But I also think it's important for us to empower the men that are doing right, that, that are sort of in a place where they can empower their their wives or their girlfriends or their mothers or their sisters or whomever it is in their lives i think that it, we need to be able to sort of work together and it's it's a bigger com- conversation about how we utilize that empowerment to help each other and not just you know what i mean i think absolutely if you could see me right now, I'm nodding ferociously. <laughs> That's so great. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. And I think, uh, you know, you you have uh, been very open on all of your channels and interviews that I've read and, and on social media because I obviously stalker you all the time uh, about your own struggles with, with you know, uh, your health and mm-hmm. your, your own sense of confidence. And one of the things that... Uh, people that listen to this podcast really uh, like to to um, hear about is 
how we all kind of pull out of this this space of feeling insecure and feeling like we're stuck sometimes or like we can't do something. So I, I wanted to ask you, uh, I, and I know this is something that you share really openly. I wanted to ask you sort of if you could just give us a little bit of insight in that part of your life where you felt you've struggled or you felt like you were in a place that you didn't think you were going to come out of and how you were able to come out of that place. And are you talking the places in health or are you talking about places in self-confidence as a young female? Well, either or both. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, let's go into self-confidence then okay. first. Um, as a teenage girl, I don't think I'm unique in any way, shape or form when I say that I struggled with confidence at the age of, you know, 16, 17, with all the media out there and judging yourself and mm-hmm. um, telling myself I wasn't good enough and um, how do I compete with all these other beautiful women. Uh, I, You know, I was five foot one, unibrow, had head brace um, when I was in my early teens. And so, I got made fun of a lot for that. And that really did stick with me and made me insecure about myself and how I saw myself. Um, And I I think that's very common. And I think Mm -hmm. that the big thing is how do you get out of that? How do you go from obviously a teenager to, you know, your early 20s to your 30s and really evolve? Because I think that's so important to know, A, you absolutely can evolve, Mm -hmm. but you have to do it yourself. It's never going to happen for you. And that was like the biggest realization for me, I think, that allowed me to go, okay, well, hang on a minute. I feel terrible about myself. I have no confidence. I'm looking at all these other women thinking they're amazing. And I'm just, the negative voice in my head is getting louder. And when I started realizing, hang on, the negative voice in my head is in my control, right? Whether I listen to it or not, or whether I put weight on it or not. And I'm the one who's actually saying, yeah, the voice is true. But what if I did the opposite? What if I didn't tell the negative voice that it was true? Um, And then, like, that notion really, really did rock me. And so then I started to think about, like, okay, well, what is the brain made of? And when you think about, like, the way I see things is different to how you see things, right? Even colors. Like if, if life is, can be that simplistic, let's say, where I look at a tree and I see a certain type of tone of green and you look at the tree, but you see a different type of tone. It's the receptors of your eyes. So if the receptors are telling you something slightly different that it's telling me, if um, what I'm hearing is being interpreted negative, but that same thing you can interpret as being positive, what is going on? Like why, why do we... Um, Why can we take something and see something in completely two different ways, even if the situation is exactly the same? And then as I started to develop that, it's like, okay, well, my brain is a construct and it's constructing all these things based on where I've come from, my history, the fact that I got made fun of. And like just piecing everything together made me realize like, wow, it is in my control. And that was like the, like if, if you could have like a mic drop, that was the version of my mic <laughs> back then. Where I was like, it was so powerful to me to realize that it's not everybody else, right? It's not other people making fun of me. It's not other people who may be putting me down or seeing things in a certain way. Like it's me listening to it or me putting weight to it. Yeah. Right. So the difference is, is how I'm responding to all these external things. And yeah, that completely changed everything for me. Um, Carol Dweck has written a book called um, Mindset, which is phenomenal. Mm. It basically, you know, it says that there are two types of people, someone with a fixed mindset and someone with a growth mindset. 
And that notion also really made a difference to me because it's like, okay, if I have a growth mindset, it's about taking pride on what I'm learning and what I'm doing to get better every day. It's not taking my fixed mindset and saying, um, you know, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're not pretty enough. It's saying, okay, you're terrible at this right now, but you can get better, Mm. right? Having the growth mindset that allows you to know, Okay, don't value where you are now. Don't value how good you are, how smart you are, how intelligent, how talented. Value the fact that you can do something about it. Value the fact that you can get better at that. And that just made me go, wow, I can now admit all my insecurities. I can admit everything I'm bad at, but have the confidence to know I can control that and I can get better at it. And I started priding myself on getting better at it. And my husband's been a massive advocate for that. He also thinks the same way. So there's no like, um, you know, if you fail at something, there's no one sitting there going, I told you so. It's like, oh my God, this is a failure. This is amazing. What can we learn from it? Because tomorrow I'm more powerful for it. Right. Oh, I love that so much. And I think it's something that most of us really need to uh, focus on. I think that a lot of us maybe sometimes don't do that. I'm curious, so how how long did it take you to sort of get into that mindset? Or was it something that from back then you learned at a young age and you just sort of had this drive the whole time? Um, that's a good question. I think I'm stubborn enough to not give up. Uh, you know, it's just like, it's just a part of my personality where like, I don't like failing, you know? And yeah. so it was, so because I didn't like failing, I always kept going, but I never really like, but every time I would keep going, it would really be a little dent to my ego. And once I started making the shift with my mindset and going, oh my God, this is terrible. I totally suck. I failed. I fell flat on my face. I don't want yeah. people to see that. I would just put in mantras in my head over time. I'm like, Lisa, remind yourself that you chose that, right? Remind yourself you chose to take the risk. Remind yourself that you can get better at it. And all these little phrases and mantras that I would put in, it definitely took time. It was like, okay, that didn't work. And I always talk about things like, as in like your sober moments. And when I say sober, I mean emotionally sober. So when you're hurt, when you fail, your emotions take over, you can't trust them, right? So that's what I, you know, think of as not being sober. But when you're like in a super good place and, you know, you're having a great day, everything's gone right, you wake up, you're happy, whatever that situation is, that's what I call emotionally sober. And so in my emotionally sober moments, I tell myself, all right, You're going to fall flat on your face again. It could be right now. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. But when you do, Lisa, remind yourself that you can do anything you set your mind to it. But you may not be able to do it right now. But just tell yourself you can get better. So I'll put like alarms in my phone. Um, When things seem to always keep going wrong and I may not be enjoying what I'm doing, I tell myself I chose this life because that's very powerful to me Mm. in reminding myself that it's not other people's doing. And I used to do that all the time. I used to point at other people um, and be like, oh, but they did that, right? They made fun of me. Um, You know, it's giving the power away. So once I remind myself, I chose this life, it just takes time. It's like training in the gym, right? It's like doing yoga. Your poses are incredible. But I bet you didn't wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to do this pose. And then you nailed it. Right. Right. Like you had to practice and train. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a sort of like a a conditioning that you do to yourself over time. And and this is sort of the other thing I want to talk to you about, like 
this idea that we can get there overnight or it's a quick fix and it's like it's not it's like that's why those fad diets always fail and that's Mm -hmm. why you know we we start something and then we can't finish because we we're so we're so trained now with instant gratification and we forget the discipline that it takes to be able to take our time to accomplish something. And I feel like, I mean, I don't even want to open that can of worms, you know, but, but do you know what I mean? This, this oh, whole idea. And so how do you, how do you think for you? I mean, that's obviously, I, I can look at a, a powerful woman such as yourself and, and see that this has, this has been a journey and you, you've worked and you've been dedicated and your will and drive have, have taken you to where you are. It wasn't like it just happened overnight. Like you just woke up one day and it's like, oh, you know, I'm this really successful entrepreneur who's doing all of these things. It's like, you know, so so for you, aside from you said that you're like not willing to take no for an answer, essentially, how how have you been able to to keep the momentum on this perpetual climb? Yeah, I mean, you really nailed the he- the nail on the head when you said it's it's not a quick fix. And I think so many people want the quick fix. But what I did is I stepped back and said, instead of striving for that quick thing and then like failing and losing encouragement, think of it as every, like there's stepping stones. Mm-hmm. And so I put myself into a situation where, okay, I have a grand goal and the grand goal may be two or three years away. Right. Let's say even let's even take yoga, which I'm terrible at. I'm not flexible in any way, shape or form. I am a I'm a um, lift weights kind of chick. Um, but with it, whether it's weights or yoga or anything, right, you don't I think intellectually, you know, there's no way you're going to be able to go in the gym and all of a sudden have biceps. You're not going to be able to hit a yoga pose and be super flexible. We all know that. But for whatever reason, when it comes to like mindset and when it comes to achieving things in, um, I think, the business world and the brain, people don't have that same understanding. And because I love the gym, I really do make that analogy and that connection a lot. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, I want to be able to lift, um, let's say I want to lift deadlift 100 pounds. Well, if I can only get 50 right now, I know it's a process. There's no way I'm going to be able to wake up tomorrow and lift that 100 pounds. So what are my small goals? Okay, in a week, I want to be able to get up by five pounds. In three weeks, I want to be able to get up to another 10, 20 pounds. And then I set myself these little wins because for me, I need the wins. I really do. Like, I'm not going to be bashful of that. Like, those are my minor, like my little encouragements all along the way. But I still have in sight the 100-pound deadlift. Like, that's that's very clear to me. I'll write it on a piece of paper. I'll put it on my wall. I'm really, I love alarms on my phone. So I'll put it <laughs> in my phone, right? Like, don't forget you're going to deadlift 100 pounds by X day. And I'll, I'll put myself that reminder. Um, but I will set myself the small little goals along the way because it's hard, right? To stay motivated for like an entire year to just keep telling yourself when you fail and fail and fail and fall on your face time and time and time again, yeah. like you have to create momentum or I would say motivation for yourself. No one else is going to do that. And I think that's where people get tripped up a lot as well is they expect it to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's so true. Um, and there's so much to unpack in that. But I, I really I love that you you say that. And I think it just it really just takes our ability to to create that as our focal point. Mm. So 
for for I'm like I don't want to jump around with topics, but there's so many things I want to ask you about. <laughs> Let's do so, this part one. Okay, this will be part <laughs> one. You know, the other thing uh, that that I really love that you speak to is is you know the support that you have. You know, you and Tom have this really amazing relationship, and uh, I I I'm curious to 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 ask how impactful it's been and how important it is to have you know, a, a, another strong person in the relationship to kind of help repel you or help encourage or sort of like the dynamic that a relationship plays. And, and do you think that, you know, um, for the, the women or men out there that are single, if they don't have that, like, how can they begin to, to cultivate more of that empowerment from their tribe? I know that's a lot of questions, but yeah, I no. think you can answer it. <laughs> Let's all right. Let's dig into this. So I think everything is to the individual. Um, for me, having my husband as my support system has been tremendous. Um, I wouldn't say that's necessarily the same for everybody, but this is what has worked for me. Um, but if I didn't have Tom specifically, I would find somebody to fill that role. And mm -hmm. what I mean right now is he calls me on my crap. Right. Like mm -hmm. he tells me when I'm slacking off, he holds me accountable to the things I've said I wanted to do. And I need accountability. That's just how I function. That's how I work. Like for whatever reason, that is um, has always has, has seemed to work for me in creating um, and achieving my goals. So I don't necessarily know if it needs to be a partner for everybody. For me, it does like it's worked well, but just a constant reminder, holding me accountable, like, Hey, you said you wanted this. So what you're doing right now is not getting you to that goal. So, you know, you need to buckle down you need to, you know, like he would just, he would be very truthful with me on that that front so in my personal female empowerment goals like he's the one who has been extremely encouraging because I've said that that's what I've wanted yeah um so that to me has definitely been fantastic I would suggest anybody out there to find somebody who can maybe help them be accountable um I think it has to be someone that you can absolutely trust because your instincts are to fight back Right. Yeah. It's like with anything. It's like with any criticism, criticism, excuse me, that anybody will say um, we are taught to protect ourselves. So in protecting the it, your instinct is to deny it. Right. Push back. That's not true. And this goes back to about being like, how emotionally sober are you? I know I cannot trust my emotions when my ego has been dented. Right. I, just, I know I'm very honest about that about myself so if something is denting my ego which I think everybody has an ego it's just do you let your ego get in your way or not so if you know you have an ego and something is getting dented how do you make sure right like, sorry there's like this massive knock on effect that I'm going through here um it just you need to be able to trust that that person isn't using that against you yeah oh right? That is like we're opening up a whole nother No, you know what? Words. So this is apropos to, you know, over the holidays, I, I'm just going to say this because you, of what you're talking about. But um, you I, I lo love everything that you're saying, because I think it's it's definitely true, especially in, in my relationship. You know, Tori and I have been together for 14 years. And so wow. we've yeah, we've been able to sort of go through those same cycles. And, and you know, obviously we love and support each other. And it's great to have somebody that's always encouraging you and is always that that support, but is always going to, you know, call you on your 
on your things. So, uh, you about to say something about the holiday. Oh yeah. Yeah. The holiday. That's right. I'm like, so I was watching, I think you posted this on Instagram, but it was, uh, sort of like how, uh, how to deal with your in-laws or something if you don't get along oh, with them yeah. or something. And I was yeah. like this, it was so brilliant, Lisa. And I was like thinking about relationships and, you know, the, I, I'm having this, this sort of focus group right now with single women. So I have a lot of single uh, women that I work with as, as a coach, but also as a, as a teacher and just as a friend. And I've, I've found all of these questions come up about partnership. How important is it? You know, these women that are successful entrepreneurs, they get into relationships and with the online dating and, and all these things, like mm -hmm. there's all these sort of issues around, uh, dating at the moment and being in relationships and being able to be in a sustainable long-term relationship. And so I happened to watch that clip and I was like, wow, that's so important. I think at the end of the day, it's, and if you if you want, you can tell the audience like what you said. So so it's uh, you posted this around Christmas time, and it was about. Yeah, God, I, I need to try and rack my brain. Um, what did I say? I I think it was about um, just like the things to do if you don't get along with your yes, yes, um, yes, and how to and how to handle it. And I think so many people, you know, when I, I've been with my husband now for seventeen years, we've been married yeah. for fifteen, and it's just um, when I was younger, I had a very different perspective on relationships and the roles that people play, and um, you know, I kind of just thought of it as very black and white. Mm -hmm. um, and so, if it was like if I had a problem with my in like I would kind of I guess turn to my husband and like almost blame him you know and it's like well hang on that's not right that's not fair um and so we have a very like the most candid honest relationship um and I would always advise people to have that type of relationship to the point where like you can be so brutally honest but as long as it comes from love you can get through whatever issue yeah and as long as you want what's best for them then I think you um you also can be honest because it's like, look, I love you, but this is a problem. And so if it's your in-laws and there's a problem, it's, look, I always want to show respect. Um, but at the same time, I'm not willing to lose who I am as a human being for anything or anyone. And that includes my husband, right? Yeah. And when you've been together for some with someone for so long, you can make that much of a grand statement. I think it can really show how important that is. Yeah. And to me, it is very important. Well, yeah, that that's sort of what what really stood out for me because I related to where the these women are because mm. so much of the time we try to cater who we are and alter who we are to impress somebody, especially in the beginning. You know, you mm -hmm. you try to sort of um, convince you, not even convince yourself. You 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 know, we put our best foot forward when we're dating somebody. It's like you don't want to show them all the little crazy tidbits. Yeah, right. you know, you want to unveil slowly. Yeah. And so uh, we we learn all these all these different ways of sort of uh, compromising certain things. And look, I know relationships, a lot of the times there is compromise, but I think that when it comes to who you are and exactly what you're saying, when you're able to be that raw and that honest with somebody at the gate, it really changes the whole dynamic of the relationship, right? Yeah, that's so true. And I really do think back to how, uh, to my first date with my husband. And it's like, what I would 
do differently. Like the entire date would have been completely different if I was to relive it now. And that's actually the one biggest advice I'd give. Like be yourself. Stop trying to put on a facade because eventually, like you said, it will come out, people. Like, <laughs> the true you will come out. And here's what's beautiful. If you have confidence in who you are, right? If you can say, yes, I'm terrible at this. And this is like, I'm like the worst. I'm so messy. Or like I'm just a t- complete, um, I'm obsessive compulsive. Like whatever that thing is about. <laughs> you that you know isn't going to like necessarily like come across amazingly well and you try and like a drip campaign I call it right Right. like imagine like every every couple of dates you kind of start showing the real you like what are you trying to do you're trying to trick them into dating you you know like and it never occurred to me I just thought oh he's really hot I really want to date this guy so put your best foot forward And so, but now I would be like, wow, I would be aggressively me because if in me being like my true self and that person still wants to be with me, okay, now that's something that's like, all right, we have that, that in common and now we can build on it. And look, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. And, you know, I think you can be honest with yourself. Like, is your issues actually getting in your way of your life and your relationships? So being honest with that, Right. but someone that can accept you for you, like I I love the quirkiness and the weirdness of people. So if you're trying to hide that from me, the chances I'm actually not going to respond to you as well. Yeah. Right. So if you can be yourself, take confidence in knowing who you are, even when you know that what those traits are, are terrible, right? Like, and you're working on them. doesn't mean you have to accept them. I think you can work on them. Yes. Um, yeah, so that first date for me would have been very different. Luckily, um, somehow I still managed to, you know, catch him. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> No, that's great. I think that's great advice. And I, I really feel that the more we, we reinstate that and continue to empower that, will start to sort of grow out of this idealized version that we think we should be for somebody else. Because I don't, I don't think it stops just in dating. I think that if we do this, we're doing this in every area of our lives. And we then begin to sort of create this, this fragmented personality where at work, I'm a certain way. And then in a relationship, I'm a certain way. And then with my family, I'm a certain way. And I I, I feel like that's still, you're you're taking away, I don't know, I, I think it has more to do with us acquiescing to what what we want to people to see, you know, and that comes from wanting to be liked, right? Yeah, of course. Yes. You know, it's like you only want to be accepted. And man, when, you know, being a 16-year-old female, um, I'm sure everyone can relate to the fact that we just wanted to be accepted. We wanted to be part of the group. And, you know, yeah, just over time, I guess for me, it's like now I work to like not be like everybody else. Yeah. Because I, I can, if I look at other people and I say, okay, well, they live, let's say, um, what we quote unquote call normal um is that the type of life I want and you know just really analyzing what I want to do and who I want to be in you know and really like looking into your emotions and your feelings about it versus looking at other people and saying I want to be like them because you don't know how they're feeling you're just seeing the external version they're trying that they're showing you yeah yeah so I, I want to, and again, it's like, this is, we're just like basically starting a bunch of little conversations that we're going to have to do this again so we can expand on every single topic. What area in your life currently do you feel the most free? Oh, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> see, feel the most free. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Well, I'm definitely not 
free when it comes to content because I definitely have to think about the value that I'm bringing to people. So oh. if one day, um, yeah, I definitely have to um, externalize that and look at like who am I um, appealing to. Mm. So that mm. even if it may seem like free, like oh hey, I want to talk about this. In fact, this is a perfect example. If I want to talk on my Instagram page about self confidence. Um, or female empowerment. I need to understand my audience so that I can speak in the language that they will hear me in because my goal is to get my message across. Yeah. And so if I want to get my message across, I have to think about who I'm getting it across to and then what language I need to use to get that across. But it's still me, but I'm not free to just blurt out like I, I swear a lot, so I'm not just going to swear all the time. But some people may not, right? So, so I'm not free in my day-to-day position of executing on content. Um, I think with business, like, and I got it. I, this may be controversial. May everyone may agree with this, but with business, I'm definitely not free because even though I have the control and I'm, I'm uh, financially, I put my, you know, me and my husband, we put our own money into it. Yeah. Um, it's still, um, you have to, my, all my actions are dictated by what my eventual goal is. So it's like, I may want to say, screw this. I don't want to work today. I'm going to go to the pool and hang out with my friends, right? That may actually be what I want to do, but I remind myself of my goals. And so I say, Lisa, you can't do that. So I'm definitely not free there either. I'm kind of giving you all the things that I'm not free. No, but so, but sometimes <laughs> when we, but, but those are the things. Sometimes we have to list the ways we're not in order yeah. to, you know. Um, I think the the one thing I could possibly that I would say that I'm completely free on, I guess, is my relationship with my husband. Mm. I don't sugarcoat things with him. I don't pretend that I'm somebody I'm not. I am 100% transparent. And so, if I'm, let's say, super upset about something. I'll go to him and I'll say, you know, I'll pull him aside and say, like, I'm really upset. I just need, to, I just need to vent. Please don't give me advice. I just need to let it out. And I'll show the complete ugly side because everyone has one. Um, I'll show the ugly side of like, I'm just, you know, I'm so upset. I can't believe this happened and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, get it out and then go, cool. I realized that was an emotional burst that I needed so that I could recover from. Thanks, babe, for listening. And then I'll go on with my day. But I won't try to act a certain way in front of him. I don't try to act stoic in front of him. Um, it's a process that I may need and he gets that and he understands that he's, let's say, a tool for me to help me get me past that. Yeah. But I don't pretend. But it, when it comes to employees, even with friends, right, I think that we do um, make sure that we're thinking of them and thinking of, like, I don't want to upset them if I say yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we're always in our own heads. But when it comes to my husband, we've agreed as a as a unit that we are always going to be 100% transparent with each other, the good, the bad, the ugly. Oh, I love Yeah, that's great. I, w- I would agree with that for myself. I think I've actually never thought about that. And you're absolutely right. Because everything, when it comes to relationships, yeah, you still do have to sort of toe the line a little bit you know, because it's still this idea that it's like we want to be liked and we don't want our friends to to stop being our friends or, you know, our our family members to stop calling us or something. Well, some of them are fine, but um, (laughs) (laughs) are there any sort of like words of uh, wisdom or a, a mantra or a quote that you've had that you've always said to yourself? Um, always say that kind of, um, they evolve over time. Okay. Um, 
but um, I have the ones most recently that I have, uh, like I said, I like alarms. Yes. Um, and so there's a couple that I actually have in my phone right now. So one is um, I like I Wish I Wonder. And I have that go off in my phone every morning. And I answer my own questions. So I like what? I wish what? And I wonder what? And I feel I feel in the blanks. So every day it's different. So this morning, um, I like um, how yesterday's shoot went. I wish um, I had stepped up my game and been more on top of it when it came to the schedule. And I wonder, I wonder what cool content I'm going to make today, right? Like I just answer those three things. And every day I do it and I do it every morning and it really puts things into perspective for me because it makes me realize like what am I fighting for? What am I enjoying? And then what is my vision? Yeah. So that's one alarm right now that I have that I just repeat. Um, my biggest thing, though, is that um, this is all uh, this is in your control. That is like the biggest thing that I always tell myself. I chose this life. Um, yeah, it just puts things in perspective because it's my personality is, especially when I was younger, is to blame everybody else because I didn't want to take a dent to my own ego, oh. right? Like, if I have to say it's my fault, oh, God, then I have to actually address my own inadequacies. Like, that just, you know, like, oh, God, that makes me feel worse about myself. So if you can blame other people and you'd be like, oh, hey, I'm great. It's other people that messed up. <laughs> you know, like, you're trying to protect your ego. But then over time, you realize it does not make for a successful marriage with that attitude. It does not make for a successful business with that attitude. Or a friend, right? You can keep blaming your friend. Let's say you get into an argument with them. And you're like, I can't believe she did this and she said that. And it's like, okay. It's easy for me to point the finger, but Lisa, if you can identify your part in this, if you can identify what you've done, that it was in your control, that you chose to do that, no one forced you to do X, Y, and Z, or no one forced you to say X, Y, and Z, that was that came out of your mouth, like then it, it was so empowering for me. So that is like out of everything, the biggest one that I, I think and feel has changed my entire life. Oh, God, that's so good. That's so good. I'm literally just like, my hand is, is holding my head. I'm just like, Dream. I'm like, this is so amazing. And I have like 10 more, which we'll save for part two of our interview. <laughs> I love that we're, 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 we're uh, already queuing this to you guys. You guys that are listening, you know that there's going to be another one. So just know, look, right? you better look for it. Um, you know, there, there, this is kind of like a, it's, the, it's on the same, I would say, uh, topic well no maybe it's a little bit of a different topic but I'm curious what your thoughts are on um, being an entrepreneur there's millions of entrepreneurs out there in the world you know um, millions and you know there there are people that have achieved this the level of success that they've wanted and some who are still in the process but you know, and obviously you, you, you and your husband run an incredibly successful business and you're incredible entrepreneurs and you're incredible people, which sometimes business oh, people, sometimes business people aren't, you know, I, I know that you both really pride yourselves in providing value for people and, mm -hmm. and, and for the people listening, it's free. Like there's a lot of stuff out there that they do, you know, that they just yeah. put out there, you know, and I, and I think it's, it's super helpful. I know for me, it, it has been. Thank you. Is there 
what do you think if if I were to say there's there's a special sauce that entrepreneurs have and you all share it it's all the same what what is it um god the first thing that comes to mind that I really do believe truly to my core is failure can be amazing it is literally the perspective of how you see failure because I don't care if you're Michael Jordan, if you're Barack Obama, right? Whether you're an athlete, the president, um, you know, Elon Musk, like, I don't care who you are, how much you've achieved. You have failed once in your life. All these people have failed. So what makes them different from me? What makes them different from you? Like the thing that separates them or separates, I think, successful people is they use failure as a tool to get better and improve. Other people, if you fail, like, wow, that sucks. I felt terrible about myself, so I'm never going to do it again. And I'm the person that says, wow, that sucked. How is this the best thing that ever happened to you? All right, wow, you just learned to never do it like that again because that was terrible, right? Like, okay, now now I'm more powerful, more knowledgeable for it. And I use failure as a tool to empower me, not to break me. And I really think that is a massive key because everybody fails, but how do you deal with it? (sighs) That needs to be on a shirt and I (laughs) I need to wear it every day. Everybody fails. No, it's true. You know, it's I've always I've talked about I've talked about this on the podcast before how I have this big aversion to the word failure, not not to say that I I like to look at it as I've done a lot of things that haven't worked for sure. I've done a lot of things that haven't worked or, or turned out the way I wanted to. But but I think the the actual word failure for me has really been sort of this uh I've had just like a resistance towards mm-hmm. it because to me the way I see it it's like there's no coming back from it if something doesn't work for me it's like I, I just I just move on and I I think this is just coming from a mentality from you know growing up as a young kid during the LA riots and I grew mm-hmm. up around a lot of gang violence and a lot of like drug use and just sort of the the odds were against me as as a as a child you know growing up it was you know Mm -hmm. I was I was I was primed and set up to be a part of the system I came out of that you know and so to me failure would have been uh you know becoming a part of it failure would have been me like just continuing the pathology of my family or continuing the pathology of my environment and I and I didn't and so to me I've always thought exact it's it's exactly what you're saying I I feel the same way you know I've always been driven and I'm like oh well that sucked or that didn't work so so I'll I'll start something else you know and of course I've had moments where I'm like maybe this isn't the right thing maybe I shouldn't be doing this but those moments are fleeting and I found that by conditioning myself to really get into more of that mindset like you move forward you just continue you use it as a tool to move forward you know now i feel different about failure you know i i feel more familiar with it and i feel like it's more of a friend than a foe you know where i'm like oh you know if this fails if this doesn't work that's okay you know it's it's not so daunting whereas before i think that my my feeling was so uh so sort of like set around this idea that like failure was death you know like that was failure (laughs) So I, I love that you said that and, and I really appreciate that that 
the way in which you said it because I think it's so true and I feel like more more of us need to hear that more often oh I was just gonna say to all your listeners like the one thing that I used to do right is like okay the next time you guys fail the next time say I failed I'm not a failure right to me there's such a big difference I failed but I'm not a failure mm. and when I started telling myself that because like anything, you have to make this a habit. It won't become a habit unless you force it. You have to practice it. So next time you fail, because guys, you're going to fail. I'm going to fail too. Tell yourself, I failed. I'm not a failure. And then ask yourself this very next question, which I stole from Tony Robbins, which is how is the, this, if this is the worst thing that's ever happened, how do I make it the best thing? Mm. So take a failure. Once you fail, tell yourself you're not a failure. You failed. And then how do I make this, this thing that I failed at the best thing that could have happened to me? That perspective changed everything. So true. So <laughs> that was true. quite a deep breath uh, there. <laughs> I know. I was like, I had to take, I had to take it in. At least I knew this was going to be good. I have to take it in. Um, okay. So I want to be respectful of your time. I only have a couple more questions and I want to oh, make sure that I ask you these. I'm, I'm loving this conversation, okay, Rosie. Good. So okay, let's do it. The next couple of questions are more along the line of, of sort of any uh, reflective wisdom that you may or may not have given yourself. So if you can go back in time, what would you tell your 16-year-old self right now? What words of wisdom or advice? So part of me kind of wants to say I'm not going to tell myself anything because I think it's in the discovery that has made me who I am today. And I know that's kind of a little cheesy, but it's true, right? Like if I could go back and save myself some heartache, I don't know if I'd be where I am. Mm. So I do struggle with that. But if we could say, okay, Lisa, you still are who you are today, but still give yourself advice back then, um, I would probably say don't fixate on your looks. Mm. Like it's kind of simple, but man, that was such a a big thing for me because I was so fixated on um, how bad my teeth were. I used to get teased for having a big nose, for having the unibrow, that all the external things really did affect me emotionally and then affected my confidence and then had a big knock-on effect. Whereas if I didn't really care about my looks, um, I don't think that it would have had such an effect obviously in my self-confidence and then um you know that kind of knock-on effect but I do feel like that's part of my story mm. you know a lot of people look back I think at their past and say you know this happened to me and it's really bad but everything going back and I've repeated this a million times in this interview but perspective is everything right so it's like do I tell this myself the story of my childhood was bad or um you know I got teased and that how horrific that was for me is that the story mm-hmm. I'm telling myself or am I telling myself that like wow yeah you got teased and you came through it and you're strong enough to not have bowed to it and you're strong enough to not have let that crumble you and you're strong enough to not let that um, derail your life you know like that's the story I tell myself so if I didn't have that could I still tell myself that story Mm. um, but yeah so I think if I had to tell myself something it was don't focus on looks okay wow okay I like that what would your 80 year old self tell you now Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love your questions. Oh, what would what tell me now? Um, that your health is going to get better. 
And I know we haven't even really touched on my health issues, yeah. um, but I've been struggling for many, many years with microbiome issues. Um, and it's been a really, really long and arduous journey. And I know that I will get through it. That's one thing I tell myself. Um, but to him, my 80 year old self tell me like, Lisa, you're right. You will get through this. Um, it's just kind of like a nice little reassurance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Lisa's so good. Can I ask you what your 80-year-old self would tell yourself now? Oh, yeah, of course. She would say, you need to relax. <laughs> ah, interesting. Oh, yeah. so if you already know that, what are you doing about it now? You know, it's what, I don't know. It's one of those things where I could see her telling me that. And I, I can see myself sort of stretching and in, this is in regard in time, of mm -hmm. time, you know, because I I feel like a lot of my uh, career has really been about the, the timeline and mm -hmm. it's got to happen during a certain timeline and oh, it's got to happen and this is going to happen this year and this is going to happen the next mm -hmm. year. And it's like, I feel so much pressure, um, you know, with, with different things. And I, I just, I think innately, I know that that pressure doesn't need to be there mm. and, and just hearing that and, and you know I, I should talk to my 80 year old self more often <laughs> I was gonna say right because clearly you're aware of what yeah. is going on now so of you, course you, she's pretty wise <laughs> she is but the problem is I'm 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 more concerned with talking to my 15 year old self you know like... well that's fascinating I know that we've got to go and you're wrapping the interview but that's so fascinating that you're more concerned with the past you than the yeah, future yeah it's you. true it's true oh we can unpack that on a, on a later that, date like, I'm so yeah <laughs> I would love to dive deep into that I'm such a fan of psychology and like all right I'm, sh I'm sure you could break that down up. yeah we yeah. do <laughs> um okay so just to to ask you the last question uh it, it's about this you know this this podcast and and this the this forum that uh i've created and i feel like really we've created you know because i feel like every everything everyone in my life has done has affected the 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 whole right i feel like we're all connected mm -hmm. and radically loved is this idea that we are uh radically loved by god or source or whatever it is you believe in, higher power, that we are, uh, we are loved and supported and the, uni the universe works for us and not against us, right? So, right. so it's this, this, this idea of, of union, of, of collection and connection. Mm -hmm. And so there are two questions. And, and the first one is, how do you feel radically loved? And then the second part to that is, what do you radically love? Ooh. And when you say, how do I feel radically loved? You mean by something, someone specific or what do you? Well, see, I like Could to you... leave it open ended because it's Ooh. like sometimes people you utilize a someone or sometimes people utilize a something. So it's really it's open. You get to decide. Yeah. Wow. Um, the first thing really is my husband. Um, <clears throat> we've agreed to share our lives together. We don't take that lightly. Um, we have agreed that we will. Um, be married forever. Now, look, that doesn't mean that I don't believe in divorce. Um, I think that if you are profoundly unhappy, that you need to make a change and take control of that. Um, but my husband and I do radically love each other. Um, I don't think love is enough for a relationship. I think it needs to go way beyond that. Um, but 
in every every aspect of who I am as a human being, from the entrepreneur to the um, you know the funny silly girl that lives inside me to the super unhealthy trying to figure my microbiome out. My husband has all along the way supported, and I felt that. Um, and so yeah, that has been you know very instrumental for me. So I, I feel radically loved by my husband, um, no matter what situation we end up in. Um, and then what, was the the question of what do I radically love? That's right. Mm. So I don't want to be cheesy and say my husband, so I'm going to put that aside for now. <laughs> um, I will say the I radically love the process of getting better mm. because I really do focus on what I'm trying to achieve, but so many times we fail and I fail that I really do have, I've learned and grown to love the process. So now I don't fixate on just the results. I, I do think results are important, so I don't want to say that results aren't, but the process. So if I've done something or gone through something and I've loved the process, if I fail or succeed, I've still loved every moment of it. So. <sighs> Thank you for that. Lisa, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, honestly, it's been absolutely my pleasure. And I know the your audience don't really know like how much that like, we've been trying to get together on this interview. <laughs> like they would they would laugh at like all the emails back and forth on all the issues that we had on like bookings and time and internet issues. And so I hope your listeners appreciate you as much as I do because Aww. girl, you have persistence and um <laughs> to make sure that this interview happened and i yeah. i cannot say how much i respect that oh lisa it, ditto i mean it, it goes to show two people that are committed <laughs> are gonna yeah. make it happen <laughs> <laughs> it's dedication and persistence so the people listening uh where can they get more information about you and everything you're doing yeah, so please follow me. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram, so that's at Lisa Bilyeu. It's B-I-L-Y-E-U. Um, and then our company is Impact Theory. So on YouTube, it's actually under my husband's name, which is Tom Bilyeu. And that's where we put all our content, where we do all our interviews. Um, if you follow him on Facebook, my husband and I do a relationship show. Um, based on the realities of being married and working together. So, um, but yeah, I guess if you just follow me, I always direct people to other Yeah, they'll f we'll find <laughs> And so everyone listening to this podcast, if you go to the show notes, all of those links will be linked up on here. So if you just go to info, all of the links that Lisa just said will be on there. So be sure to follow her, follow them. They're incredible. And I, again, I, I can't express more gratitude because it's it's been amazing and it's a pleasure and I'm, I'm so happy that you you were on and I can't wait to do the next one. Oh me too Rosie thank you again so much for having me and anything you need let me know. Oh my goodness. Hey everyone I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening. <laughs>